Here we are, episode number 285, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to The Extra Podcast. This is episode number 285, and we are, for the first time, we're live streaming this first part of the podcast on Facebook. Right, Bishmu? Yep. All right, here we are. It's live streamed. This is live streaming streaming. on Facebook, so if people are watching this right now, then uh, you're probably not at work. So uh, Now you know what it looks like when we're podcasting. And there's no Paul here because Paul was going to make fun of my hosting, so we didn't let him come today. Paul's a jerk. Here's what we're going to do. Brian got us this game called Bean Boozled. And uh, it's it's basically jelly bean roulette. And what? so what you do is you spin you spin the wheel. It gives you a color that you're supposed to eat. And that is either going to be a delicious treat or something foul. So there's <clears throat> there's like half foul in there. Yep. There's a basket right now for those of you. Oh, my goodness. On I the just... podcast, there's a... There's a little tray full yep. of jelly bellies. This one says it's barf flavored. There yeah. are some of them that, that, that say disgusting. that they're flavored lawn clippings, barf, toothpaste. Spoiled milk is spoiled on Spoiled milk. Okay. And then there are other ones that are like lime and berry blue and strawberry. Rotten egg is in there. Okay. okay I'm going to go first. Greg's, we all go once? Yeah. Okay, Greg, you have a choice. You a have to white, take a white right? one. It's either going to be, what is it, coconut, which is a good choice. Here we go. Or spoiled milk. (laughs) (laughs) That's clearly spoiled milk. How accurate is that, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bad. Greg, are you having a difficult time talking? Okay, Andy, your turn. Andy, your turn. All right. This is an exciting game. I'm not going to be a. This is either going to be Andy spun, and he's either going to have. I'm not going to be a. Hold on, hold on. He's got to take one that looks like either strawberry. There's potential bar flavor. Banana smoothie, or dead fish. Or dead fish. Oh, Oh, is that the right color? You think? What did you get? Oh, (laughs) you got dead. I got dead fish too. (laughs) Oh, oh. Uh, you guys are both speechless now. Okay, that was my horrific. turn. <clears throat> my it's turn. like bad sushi. That is horrible. my turn. My t- oh, I got was, split. We got to do it again. That was awful. What is this one? This is either going to be lime or lawn clippings. No, my breath. no I don't want to smell your breath. Okay, lime or lawn clippings. I'm going to get the uh, drink ready to go because you have to finish I might it though. Throw it out. I might throw it up. Oh, this is so bad. Yeah, I don't know. It might be both. Yours was okay. Yeah, I think it was I lime. thought I might have actually thrown up. I think there. it was lime. I had the old milk. Ugh, that was not fun. Okay, thanks, Brian. So this is a game <clears throat> that you could buy. For and um, Brian, did you take out all the no, good that, ones? No, I think it's lawn clippings. I got all the bad yeah. ones too. But you were fine. No, I think the lawn clippings are no big deal. But you were not. No. You were okay. No, no, we're not no, doing no more, more around. around. Stop it. All right. Oh Facebook. my gosh. <clears throat> I think that we should have Greg eat the bar flavor though before we continue. I think we should get Jeff to eat one more. His his seemed fine. Yeah, that doesn't. All seem right, one more. Okay, where's this one? Let's just no, give, you, the, let's just give you that one. Right give us again. God wants me to. Here's the one that's either bar or peach. Ooh, that is a good. That's a good. Where's right it? Which there. one? Right there. Yeah, no, the is that the, that pink. one? This one. Yeah, right here? that's the one. Bar for peach. Don't oh, be a wuss. Bar for peach. Swallow it. Oh, they got the barf, ladies we and gentlemen. We got barf. He got barf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> what Why? sort of sadist <laughs> what? made this game? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's still there. Oh, I know. My mouth is full of dead fish flavor. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. So uh, that's a great way to start the podcast. That, that must be great radio listening. Happy New Year. You know, right there, Happy New Year, our first episode of 2017, and you listen to us eat foul-tasting jelly beans. Facebook Live and uh, all of it right there. So that, if you want to play this game, it's called Bean Boozled. It's by Jelly Belly and a little party game. Uh, we might we might throw this game up in the staff room after this and no give people intended. some... Uh, throw it up. We're going to throw up. All right, that wasn't very good. This game upstairs. You're not doing so well, Jeff. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Do you want us to pause the podcast? What a stupid game. It's not a good game. No. Uh, I, I found it amusing, though, to all watch right. you guys. So, On to new things. So it's our first uh, episode of 2017. Uh, New Year's Eve. Do you guys celebrate that, like, b- big parties and go out and... What do you do? Stay home with the kids and... What do you do on New Year's Eve? This is what I'm trying to ask you guys. Went to the neighbors, hung right. out, ate food. This is like the first year in like five years I actually stayed up till midnight. Oh, nice. I'm not a late night guy. Well, it snowed like crazy where, where we are. So, um, yeah, it was, that was part of the reason I stayed up. I couldn't believe how much it snowed. Yeah, me neither. It was amazing. I watched the, uh, I can't watch the ball drop in New York three hours after it dropped. I and, find this to be dumb. And the TV says live. Did yeah, you notice I that? Don't, I don't. I think it's dumb. Did you watch the Mariah Carey mm-hmm. meltdown? No, I didn't watch Mariah Carey. I didn't watch any. Listen, if I'm going to watch something, it's going to be in my time zone. Okay. So I watched the Seattle Needle one that, yep. you know, which I thought was okay. Although if if there is, it, it was a great, ex, it, it was a great um, expression of local news and how awkward local news can be. When people are, are not reading the news, but they have to kind of ad lib their way through it. And it was very awkward to watch a half an hour of these people uh, doing things. So that was fun. Yeah. And then at 12.02, I was done. I want to go to bed. So that's fireworks great. off the Space Needle were pretty cool. But no, what, what happened to Mariah Carey? She, uh, Did you watch it? <laughs> well, I just saw clips of it later. I didn't, we didn't, yeah, watch, I saw a, clips we of didn't watch a news thing, but it was the... She had a concert. I think it was in the Times Square. Yeah. And she is pretty notorious, I think, at this point for being known to just lip sync at her performances. So she didn't know what song was going to be played. And she forgot the words to her own song. And at one point was like, I'm just going to let the crowd sing it because she didn't know how to sing this her own song. It, it was a train wreck. Oh, I would like to see that. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Have you ever like I I YouTube every month. I I YouTube the the um, news bloopers, which oh. is a lot of a good time because you get to watch these people again on live TV. Just make fools of themselves. Yeah. It's wonderful, yeah. and you know, live TV would be very difficult because oh, yeah. <clears throat> these people are so used to being professional and having everything put together and. Stuff like yep. that, and then they make these horrible mistakes, or they yep. say things they shouldn't say, or their wardrobes malfunction, or something crazy. I like would that. be that right? guy. Like pants split, or whatever, you and then they laugh guy. their heads off. No, I would be the guy that totally makes a fool of myself. Oh, it is pretty funny. Yeah, I always enjoy the Australians though on those <clears throat> news bloopers because the Australians are just—they're brutally honest about everything, and they're very like if something goes wrong, they just laugh and laugh and laugh. They, and they love, just roll they with love it. the fact that it goes wrong. Yeah, because they don't take themselves very seriously. Yeah. It's pretty great. That's good. 
Cool. But Greg, you must not have stayed up very late because you had to preach the next day. Uh, uh, you're right. I st- we stayed up till midnight. We did the oh, Happy did. New Year. We we just stayed home. Uh, we actually we we dusted off the old Super Nintendo. Nice. Oh yeah. And uh, Benji was sleeping, and we decided to play some Super Mario World. And it was as it was Super Super Mario World is great. It is, it's funny how some people might might relate to this if you played games growing up it was kind of muscle memory like when you're playing the game you're like oh yeah and then this like your thumbs are like i remember yeah, doing i know this. you haven't played it for years and yet <laughs> now it's muscle memories kicking in and you make the same mistakes you made before it's yeah. good for those of you who braved the weather and came to church on sunday greg did a stellar job preached a great sermon Thanks, and man. it was a good it was a good service yeah it was Thanks kind for of, driving who those of you who could make it yeah uh, it was kind of i was kind of fun seeing the people that made up it was good uh, so our, uh, first thing we want to talk about on the podcast was we, speaking of Facebook, we did Facebook live guys. That's a big deal. We are cutting edge, Greg. That's what we do. We always were. Do you think Facebook live is though going to change the world? Uh, it's not just Facebook that does this. I think you can do it on Twitter too. I don't know. Can you? I think Andy? you can do it on Twitter. I don't think Instagram does Twitter it yet, do but I, I think there know. are several other places that you can do <clears throat> these these live broadcast things, which I think is going to change a lot of things because everybody's got a phone now, and eventually it's going to just be on once they figure out how to make it look not dorky on your glasses. Uh, I think that's going to happen. Or apparently, <clears throat> I can't remember what company it is. They just passed a, or they just got some sort of. Uh, uh, applied for a patent for a contact lens that is has a has a ability to broadcast. Wow, wow! Video. So <clears throat> that means that everywhere you go, you'll be videoed. Do you know? What's and interesting? that's that. That will be interesting because how is copyright law going to work there? Right. If I go and I mm. watch a game, a soccer game, can't I broadcast it at the same time? Are they going to try to stop me? How do they know? Mm. That sort of stuff, and then that's freaky because, it, like, it, with the size of the cloud storage and stuff, Andy, I could, you, you, we could record your entire life from your point of view. That would not be a good thing. It was interesting. I was in uh, Toronto with the Power to Change event over the weekend, and uh, the I, I was speaking at this. Uh, we they had this tech panel that was happening. That was just dialoguing with, you know, what are the what's the good stuff that's going on with this technology, and what are some of the what's, challenges? What's Power to Change? Uh, Power to Change is, is Campus Crusade for Christ here in Canada. Yeah. And it's an evangelism ministry. Yeah. yeah. Great, great ministry uh, led currently by uh, Rod Berg. And it was interesting because in the crowd was, a, was an engineer from Google. Bergen. Bergen. Yeah. What did I say? Berg. Yeah. Rod Bergen. It does, you said Berg. Did R- I? It's Rod. Yeah. But that's one of those details, Andy, what that I, you forget. I, Names. You, you I said Rod. Dates. Okay. I thought you said Rob Berg. No. Okay. Rod Bergen. Yeah. Sorry, Rod. We just <coughs> totally missed. No, no, we that. didn't do it. Andy did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. having one of those mornings. Uh, yeah. So at any rate, <laughs> there was an engineer from Google that was there in the crowd and, and was dialoguing on this. And it was interesting because you could tell that even those people that are behind the scenes doing the coding and, and they're working out all this thing, you know, they have no idea what's going to happen with this technology either. And it's kind of like, huh, kind of almost like. It'll be used for good and evil. Yeah, like every other you know, technology in the world. You just can't help but feel like you're in this this experiment, you know, yeah. social experiment. What, what will happen? But it is interesting to think about how much, like, I don't even know if you've ever realized how much, like, television has changed the way we think and function. The internet's the same thing. There are certain leaps in technology, the car, the automobile, the internal combustion, combustion engine, the, <clears throat> the, 
these things transform the way we live like and they have ripple effects so the suburbs exist because cars exist now right we wouldn't we wouldn't have suburban life if we weren't able to drive to our jobs in the city or things like that and and so much of what we experience in the west is a result of certain technological advances i think about my kids and how much they that they're going to grow up in a world are growing up in a world where they have individualized video screens. They don't have to fight. Think about that. They don't really have to fight with their siblings or their parents about what are we going to watch tonight? Because mm. there's one thing to watch and who's going to hold the remote. Cause you always hold the remote. You have the video. I'm like, they don't even watch TV. They watch YouTube and a little bit of Netflix. And it's, I mean, it's remarkable. Well, technology <laughs> has a way of helping people, you know, not have to deal with each other. You know, because when people are in relationship with one another, conflict ensues, right? And it's interesting because in many ways we've created our con- our technology in such a way as to, as to kind of segregate one another so that those conflicts don't ensue. Yeah. This is one of the biggest challenges, I think, of modern life is trying to figure out how, how do you live Christianly in an increasingly technological world and mm. trying to figure out, okay, so, <clears throat> you know, technology is not a moral good or bad. It's just it just sort of is. You can use uh, you so the video camera, or can can be used to film uh, a baptism. It can be used to film a sermon. It can be used to film uh, God's creation. It can also be used to film uh, pornography, and so you have you have both of these happening at the mm. same time, and so any technology is going to be used either positively or negatively. The challenge, you know, you don't want to be a luddite, which is a phrase that we use to talk about people who are, you know, we're going to resist technology at all turns. And yet at the same time, you have to be really careful with the kind of technology, how, how much technology you, you bring into your life or it's not the right way to say it. Uh, how, how much you give yourself over to the new technology, but you have to be, we have to be quite critical, I think, about the way that we handle the technological advances, especially some of the things that are happening with bioethics, biotechnologies now. And, you know, how much human, I mean, are you doing doctoral research right now about what, what yeah. that's going to do to our humanity. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a, it's an interesting, Andy, yeah. do you have any like recommendations for books and things that somebody could read that, that if they're interested in the well, crossover between technology and the, and the biology and, and, and anthropology and. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because on the panel that I was, uh, I was on was a guy who just wrote a book. His name's uh, Derek. He wrote a book called Shaping a Digital World, and it's an excellent book. And one of the things that he brought up that I had really not, never thought of before, and I love the way he put things, was there are some things that should be automated and some things that shouldn't be automated. And, and it's this balancing act in a technological world of you know, how do we still maintain our humanity in that we are relational beings and that we are meant to be in relationship with one another and that those conflicts are actually good for us? You know, those those conflicts of what we should watch tonight, you know, uh, those are actually good things for us to work through. So so there's this balancing act that we need to be participating in. And and I think he does a good job walking you through what that looks like in a technological world. So what, again, that was sh- uh, shaping a digital world. Anyway, this is a whole subject. We just got onto this subject. It's a, if you have any questions about this, you should write it in. I mean, there are, this is a great dialogue to have mm. about uh, technology and some of the new technologies that are coming out. Maybe we'll do a podcast at some point where uh, we do a little bit of research and we give you some, some of the newer technologies and what kinds of influences they might have on the, on the culture, things like that. I always right. enjoy that kind of talk. So uh, 
a few weeks ago, previous to our uh, children's production that we did at Northview, uh, which they did a great job. But oh, it excellent. was awesome. Um, we posted that we were having this weekend and here's the service times you can come. And there was a, a little photo attached with this advertisement um, of, of a kind of a cartoony nativity scene with a few animals and, and Mary and Joseph under a, in, a, in a manger, in a stable and a baby Jesus in a manger. And this photo, which to, to many of us seemed kind of innocent and benign and just uh, cutesy, cartoony nativity kind of stuff, uh, actually developed a little bit of a conversation on the post uh, from some people who attend our church, some people who don't, uh, about the, uh, the, the probably unintentional, but the, the reality that, that it came across as offensive or as, as inaccurate because it, it portrays, it perpetuates this myth that, or this idea that Jesus was just this blonde-haired white guy so the picture is of, of a little cartoony Jesus who's white. Right. <clears throat> and, the, and the response was, this, this isn't helpful because this perpetuates the idea that, that Jesus was this white guy, which plays into, you know, a, a predominantly white church being able to kind of edit Jesus the way we want to so that he appeals in the best possible way to, to us who are mostly white people of Mennonite and other and, and he was obviously not white. Right, because he was a Jew. Well, he was a Middle Eastern Jew in particular, right? Right. So uh, we, would, we would argue that he's not European in the sense that he's not blonde-haired. He's, he's not from the northern European part. He is from the Middle East, what we consider that. And so Middle Eastern people tend to have darker skin, uh, not, <clears throat> not quite as dark as, as say, Ezra, uh, certainly not as light as me. But olive, at the very least, olive skin. So the real Jesus is olive skinned, and to make him anything else is, is a sign of one's, uh, especially if you're white, a sign of one's white privilege or mm. your, your ignorance of your white privilege. That's sort of the, <clears throat> sort of the argument. Yeah? A little bit, yeah. <clears throat> so what do you guys, how do we, uh, I mean, there's a few conversations we could have about this, but I mean, it's worth engaging about, something we put out on social media that got a little bit of yeah. pushback well, on. So this <clears throat> is something, by the way, that has been a debate that's been going on for a while now. And in fact, it was an interesting debate that took place on the campus of Biola University. For those of you who know, they have a famous... What is, what is Bi- Biola? Is, uh, stands for um, Bible Institute of Los Angeles. Right. It's down in L.A., Big, uh, in La Mirada. To one be of the exact. flagship Christian colleges in the world, quite honestly. It's fantastic. Wheaton, I did Biola, my master's there, and uh, Jeff did his doctorate there. Yeah. Uh, but they have this huge mural. It's about 40 feet tall. I mean, it's, it's this huge Jesus on the side of one of their buildings. And for years now, I'd say probably for the last 10 years, it has been a source of controversy on that campus because people didn't like the shade of brown that Jesus was. It was he's not too quite, far he, on the white. Yeah, he's not totally white there, but he was not as, not as, not as dark or olive skinned as, as some would make it. So then there was a big debate about what color. Yeah, because then they decided Jesus. they will. Yeah, they decided they're going to change the tone of the skin. Mm-hmm. But how much do you change it? Right. Yeah. And so there's still the some who think that it's not dark enough, and others who think it's not light enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. When I was in New Zealand, I've shared this with several people. When I was in New Zealand, uh, I went to Lake Rotorua. Rotorua is a 
is a Maori area. Maori is the native people of New Zealand and um, heavily Maori area. And there is a little church that sits on the on the edge of Lake Rotorua. And you can go into this little church and you can see a stained glass window that kind of overlooks the water. And they've paint or they've done a, a, a stained glass Maori Jesus. He looks just like a Maori guy. And he's sort of hovering over the lake there. It's a very famous thing. You can actually Google it, the Maori Jesus in Lake Rotorua. I've also been to places in Africa where Jesus, the pictures of Jesus are African, very, very African. I've been to places, of course, in Europe where he's, especially in Northern Europe, where you get him more blonde haired, <laughs> blue eyed. In the Philippines, they have a famous mm-hmm. black Jesus yep. that they parade out. And interestingly enough, if you've seen the movie Nativity, the the woman who plays Mary is actually from New Zealand. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, so I'm going to make, uh, and first of all, uh, we need to establish biblically that we have no idea what Jesus looked like. <clears throat> In fact, there's no descriptions of his physical appearance other than to say that he had nothing about him that would draw one's attention to him in the sense that he's not like <clears throat> Brad Pitt, right? Or pick pick your favorite, you know, male uh, star. He's not Will Smith. He's not the he's not the ruddy, handsome, good-looking guy that everyone's going to follow just because he looks the part. That's the idea. Other than that, we have no descriptions of Jesus' skin color. We have no descriptions of what kind of facial hair he wore. We can end up making these uh, conclusions or, uh, you know, conjecture based upon kind of the culture of the day, which, by the way, we don't know in massive detail. Um, There are people who lived in that part of the world who had more olive skin and some who had more dark skin. So nobody knows what Jesus looked like. That's true today, by the way. If you go to Egypt, you have Nubians that are in the uh, south, and they are very dark skin. And you just go a little bit up north in Egypt, and they're very olive skin. Right. So at the, listen. I, so here's my my first kind of proposition, <clears throat> and and it, here it is. It's earth shattering. Ready? It doesn't matter. The skin color of Jesus doesn't matter. Um, I'm saying that because the Bible doesn't make it matter. Now. Does me painting Jesus <clears throat> as a white guy or as a Maori guy or a black guy denigrate Jesus? No, because ultimately the things that we're concerned about with Jesus are not his skin color or these issues. It, it's We're concerned about his character. For me to say Jesus is uh, mean or Jesus you know, is not loving, mm. that denigrates Jesus because, he, of course, he was. But... But when, when it comes to skin color, I, I actually, I know I've, mm-hmm. I've preached sermons before where I'll show all the pictures of Jesus mm-hmm. and try to make the point that, you know, everyone wants to take Jesus and make him into their own image. And by that, I mean, not just physically, we want to do that. Uh, we want to do that in terms of his character. We want to make Jesus the kind of guy who would never judge anyone. Uh, we we want to make him like, like he's, he's just, we can identify. Right. With. He's like Santa Claus. So that's dangerous. But is it dangerous if somebody says, uh, Jesus is white, Jesus is black, Jesus is brown, Jesus is olive skin, Jesus is whatever? I, I, I don't know. You guys, tell me what the incarnation means. I, sorry, I misunderstood where you're going there, Jeff. I, that's what I'm saying. I think the incarnation is that you can identify with Jesus. Right. Well, that's my, that's my thing in the end is that around the Christmas time, uh, I, I, it seems to me that, that I'm not going to go to the Maori people of New Zealand and say, you know what? You guys are so stupid. 
for putting that picture up there on your on your um, stained glass. Like you're clearly wrong. Don't you know that he was an olive skin Jew? First of all, I don't know that that he was olive skinned. I know he's Jew. I don't know what he looked like. But for them to make Jesus look like them, so that they can uh, understand, so so that that they can um, recognize themselves in him. So that they, so that they feel like he suffered in all ways, just as we do. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand? But don't we do that though? Even like even that's a good fact, thing, though. Oh yeah, exactly. And don't we like we do that even in the fact that when you have Jesus in a movie or something, he's speaking English, and yeah, he might have a British accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we we do things, so it, it, it helps us to identify right. with Jesus, to understand. Probably Jesus. spoke Aramaic, exactly. And again, uh, so. So historically, is the picture of a Maori Jesus or a white Jesus inaccurate? Absolutely. Is the blonde flowing haired Jesus, you know, that with the British, with accent. The British accent, is that the real one? No, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he a brown guy? Maybe more brown than white. But ultimately, the, the fact that somebody can 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 uh, picture Jesus as an Indian guy the, that would be a dangerous thing if you're changing his character traits. Right. But it's you're not changing his character in terms of his his person, personality. What you're doing is you're just cha- mm. you're changing the physical appearance, which you don't have any description about. And to me, it doesn't mm. really matter in the end mm. whether or not he's that way or another. I actually kind of celebrate it because in some ways I want to say, you know what? You're embracing something about the incarnation that I think we often don't embrace, that Jesus was one of us, mm. right? And by one of us, I mean like like me in every way. Uh, he had hair, maybe my color. He had skin color, maybe my color. May- and maybe not, right? Mm. But I'm okay with you saying, yeah, he had hair like me and skin color like me. I'm happy with Ezra saying that. I'm happy with all sorts of people saying that. If now, you, Of course, if you're doing it for racist reasons. But this is the yeah, point, though. Is that's that, the angle that I think is is helpful to bring up. The idea that if if you are saying he, he can't be darker because of your own racist tendencies. The idea is that, that we can't portray him as, as not white because whites are the best. And obviously Jesus would, would have been more fair skinned because that's preferable. That's where it's like, oh, okay, that's actually some racism. But to accuse, seeping out. to accuse somebody though of racism for the simple fact that they, that they, when they, when they understand Jesus or they, you know, put pictures of him as white to understand them as racist, I think is unfair at the very least, it's unfair. Hmm. It's racist itself. If I'm being cynical, and and I'm saying that because what you're doing is attribu- you're attributing motive to to me hmm. that is that is not necessarily there. And and ultimately, you're saying, well, he's not like that. He's more like me, right? I mean, somebody who comes along and says, well, somebody who's from a different race is going to come along and say, well, he's not like you. He's more like me. See, Jesus is more like the, more like me. Are you guilty of the very thing that you're accusing everyone else of? Hmm. So again, I. But I don't want to attribute your, your motive. I think that ultimately the motive is, hey, look, Jesus, let's just all agree that Jesus is probably an olive-skinned Jewish guy. Mm. Yeah, totally. I, I, I agree with you. He, prob- he probably was. But I don't know. And I don't think it matters at all. And I think it's really cool that people around the world see Jesus as one of their mm. own. Not just, uh, he's not just for the white guy. He's for the black guy. He's for the Maori guy. He's for the brown guy. He's for everybody. Right, men, mm-hmm. women, ev- like Jesus is for everyone, and the Christian church, quite honestly, is not just white. It's every, it's everything. Mm. It's every uh, race and creed, and in the kingdom, that's what we'll have. Amen, brother. So, anyway, this is an interesting discussion because I think that 
um, I think that we can accuse people of things that certainly they didn't intend and, and aren't being driven by racism. Uh, and that we can do it uncritically on our own. And I think that's troublesome to me when we, when we do that. I think that says more about ourselves than it does about the people we're criticizing. And particularly in our culture today, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that we're hypersensitive in our culture today. And it's almost like you, you have a culture that's trying to sniff out intention uh, and, and accusing people of racism with, that's just unjustified. Well, there are three guys sitting here at a table talking on a podcast, and we're all white men. And this, this, this in some people's minds, is racist in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, I, I reject that out of hand. Do I, do, did I grow up in a world that gave me certain benefits because I'm male and white, yeah, you bet. Absolutely, I do. Do I need to, to do? Do I need to apologize for for those and and repent for those things? No, I don't think so. What I need to do is recognize that the world is not always fair, but the kingdom of God is in the sense that it provides opportunity for for all. And so I need to, where I see racism, I need to root it out and get rid of it. I also need to recognize that just being white and male does not give me privilege. Over other people, that I that Jesus isn't just for me. That's the idea that you were getting at, Greg. He's not just for me. Mm. He's for everyone, and I need to celebrate the Maori and celebrate the the all the other people who Jesus is for. Mm. But I guess the part though that frustrates me, Jeff, is I feel like there's this reverse racism that takes place, where it's like just because there were white dudes in the past who did certain things or even do same things, you know, racist things now, doesn't mean that I'm racist. And I do find it fascinating that when I put a resume in somewhere, that, that it's mandated that mine goes to the bottom because I'm a white male. Yeah, and for, for, maybe, and for, but for, for centuries, it was mandated that yours went to the top because you were. And so this is, you know, it's, it's what, what do they get come about as fair play? That, I, I, that's, I think there's, there's a sense in which uh, those who are arguing this way want there to be some kind of equity. Like, okay, we for years lived under this kind of oppression. Now you guys need to feel it a little bit. And so stop whining about it. So in some ways, I, I kind of want to say, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm not going to whine about it. And I don't, I don't think we should because, yeah, for years and years, other people have, have felt that. I will say that the kingdom of God is a place where that kind of thing doesn't happen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. On any grounds that somebody's resume, it goes to the bottom because of their skin color. Mm. Or to the top because of their skin color. I think it goes to the bottom or top based upon who, are, who they are in Christ, right? And I think this is what Galatians 3 is trying to say. We are, you know, all one in Christ Jesus, Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, right? So I, I think the kingdom is a place where that, that kind of thing, yeah, happens. So we need to, we need to su- support that. The, the solution to racism is not opposite racism, I think is what mm. I kind of, kind of saying. It, mm. It's the kingdom of God. Mm. Amen. Yeah, if the goal is, is equity and balance, then it shouldn't be about overcorrecting. It should be about actually trying to seek equity and balance. And in places where we feel like it's overcorrecting to realize as white dudes that, well, now we feel a little bit of what it would have been like to be Well, we feel the injustice that, yeah. the peop- that people are trying to point out that they felt for centuries. And right. I think that that's not a horrible thing for us to feel. Exactly. And yet at the same time, we, I can say that and also say, yes, but if it's wrong, it's wrong when it's pointed at me too. Right? Right. 
Uh, one more thing to talk about in this episode before we head off is uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day's already passed. In my sermon, I brought up a little bit the fact that, you know, in, in New Year's time, you, you have the opportunity to reflect and figure out how have you been living and, and how has that been a positive thing or a negative thing. And a lot of people use this season as a resolution season. So, so they see a part of their life where they decide, I want to, in the case of this past weekend, I want to pray more. And so I'm going to resolve that 2017 is the year of praying three times a day, every day. And when I pray, I'm going to do these kinds of things and pray for these sorts of ideas. And uh, at, at 10.02, I'm going to pray for everyone in the world who is lost and pray for uh, workers to be raised in the harvest. And 2017 is going to be that 10-02? year. Why uh, are Is Mark 10, verse 2? Is that the one? A, a lot of the, the church planning guys have committed it's for Matthew years. It's Matthew 10, but I'm not sure. Is it Matthew 10, verse 2? I might two? be wrong. It's the prayer that Jesus uh, asks for you to pray for workers of the harvest to come so that they could be sent out and, and have the harvest come, and people come to know Jesus. So um, so anyways. Great idea, by the way. Per, exactly. Yep. Here's the question. Resolutions. You guys do them, or is it a good idea? Is it is it a bad idea? Do you resolve to never make a resolution? Is that how you roll? What do you guys think? Mark 10. Mark 10. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm great with New Year's resolutions and have made many in the past. No, it's not Mark. It's Luke 10. It's Luke 10. Okay, so we've been wrong all along. <laughs> I just want to make sure that okay, it's, one, it's one of those guys. Right? <laughs> uh, and in fact, one year, uh, one year I went without eating candy for a year. Really? I did. Until this year where you ate... Well, that's already well, out the window because yeah. you ate the barf, the barf jelly bean. And then my next New Year's resolution was to eat candy. Was it? <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> That'd be a good one. But it was tough. But, you know, it's funny. Some New Year's resolutions are pretty meaningless. I mean, don't eat candy. That was just to see if I could do it. But then there's others where, you're, where you want to do something that, that's significant, such as reading through the Bible in a year or something that you perhaps haven't done but you want to do. Uh, that you think will will benefit you in the long run and benefit your relationship with God. And I think that's great. Yeah, there. New new beginnings are great, aren't they? I, I mean, so. resolutions and stuff are great. They're, my problem is, I think that it's they're hard, right? That's why everybody gives up on them and thinks. I read an article in the Guardian, which is a British newspaper. It's kind of, I think the Guardian might be like the world's paper now. Mm. I know that might sound silly. The New York Times is still pretty heavily focused on American stuff, but the guardian is pretty global. Hmm. Anyway, uh, the guardian what wrote the, these two guys who wrote a, who last year they did a research project. They, they had written a book prior to last year saying that they thought all of the self-help, uh, the whole industry was just stupid. Like, like it's, it's dumb. A lot of the things that people have said that you should do in order to get better at whatever, whether it be your time or your romantic life or your spiritual, like whatever, all those things are just dumb. So these guys are massive cynics and they're just saying, everyone stop spending money on all of this nonsense. So the criticism to them was, well, you guys have never, you're just academics. You just never, you've never tried it. You've done your little research on other people, but what if you, have you ever tried this? So these guys were like, well, no, that doesn't give us, doesn't mean we can't talk about it, but you, you never done it. So this last year, these two guys said, well, okay, We'll put our money where our mouth is. So this last year, they chose 12 different areas 
that they were going to like go whole hog each month in one particular area of like uh, follow some of the gurus. So one month they, they bought into hedonism, which was pretty funny, like totally gave themselves over to pleasure, which they of course said was the best month of the year. It was July or something like that. And they went, one of the guys had given up smoking years ago. He took smoking back up <laughs> for a month. Uh, another guy just ate whatever and drank what, I mean, like he just invested in all the existential blisses that he could fall, he could find. They did this with their sexual lives. Uh, some people, you know, advocated, oh, you need to embrace your sexuality in these different ways. Uh, one, one guy actually spent an awful, he said he spent an awful lot of time uh, uh, masturbating. So these, these are the kind of stuff that they were doing, right? Uh, there was a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I want to th- think about their money. They, they had a plan in place to maximize their, their money in their own lives. And they were following like the big book writing gurus. Time management was one of them. They got to the end of this year. And so they did this, this, this uh, online dialogue with people. And I just happened to be awake early in the morning a couple days ago when they were doing this in the UK. So I'm following this online dialogue. Hmm. And it was fascinating to these guys, what they were saying is that basically, so after a year of this, okay, so there's some stuff, so there's some resolution-y stuff uh, and self-help stuff that is actually beneficial. The time management stuff, they said, was great. There were some, the gurus in time management, if we, had, if we followed their time management, that would be really helpful to you, right? You maximize a lot of things. A couple of them have written books during the year, extra books and stuff because they follow this time management, got a lot way more done. But they said most of the other stuff was ridiculous. Like after a while, I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. It was, it, it, to, to live that way was crazy. And they talked about how difficult it was to first of all do it, even though they were doing this as a project and for money, they almost quit like four, three, four times during the year, the, the whole project, because it is just so hard to keep doing these resolutions. And at the end of the year, they said, we're just flat exhausted. That was their big thing. We're just exhausted because we've spent all of our energy trying to follow these, these rigid codes. So as a Christian, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just thankful for the grace of God, right? That my righteousness is in Christ. And that doesn't mean that I don't need to be better because I do. My goodness, do I need to be better in so many areas? But if I don't get better in those, if my time management doesn't get better, and if I don't lose the twenty pounds I want to lose, and if I don't, if I don't, uh, if my prayer life doesn't get better, or which would all be good things, by the way, all those things if they happened, which I really want to have happen in my life. But if they don't, uh, God loves me like I'm His son, mm. who's known from the foundations of the world. And I, I don't know. He knows my name. So I always around resolution season want to say, oh, man, let's go for it in the grace of God. Mm. I see what you're saying, because a lot of people for them, their resolution has a lot to do, in fact, with their identity. Yeah, I mean, we all want to get better, right? I, I, resol- the resolution season two also recognizes that there is something still within humanity, no matter how much we want to tell ourselves that we are... You know, there's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as like guilt or shame or whatever. Like the resolution, the New Year's resolution itself is kind of a a yearly reminder that actually we're not what we want to be. Now, we might not attach guilt or shame to it and stuff, but quite honestly, we 
we, we recognize that we are not as healthy as we ought to be. We are not, uh, we, we don't practice the things that we say we believe as much as we want. And so we want to redouble our efforts once a year to say, okay, we're going to okay, buckle down, going to do it. And then you face with the, the, the very, re, the, the very true reality, which is that I am a sinner mm-hmm. and I, I need grace. The problem is that most people in their resolutions, they, they, they say, I'm going to do it. And then they fail, but they don't, they don't get to the sin and grace part much in our culture. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to me, the way I understand that as well is I have the freedom not to do a new year's resolution, but I also have the freedom to do a new year's resolution. And my identity isn't wrapped up in either it's wrapped up in Christ. And I, I'm I under His grace and His freedom, go for it. Have a New Year's resolution, but you don't have to do that. Uh, you are free in Jesus. Totally, there's this balance there. You want to work yeah. your tail off, right? But at the same time, recognizing that uh, He already worked His tail off, hmm. and His His standing is mine. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's your resolution? Do you have any? Have you decided this year that you're going to do something, Greg? Uh, I do not have a resolution. None? No. Nancy and I have a two-month resolution. Uh, where <laughs> Together, we're going to work out three days a week. So that's... That what, is our, work, what does working out look like for you? Uh, well... It's lifting a lot of dumbbells for those pipes. Buddy. Uh, no, I think that Nancy and I are going to do... I think we're going to do insanity, actually. So you, what? Yeah. What's insanity? It's this workout that you put, it's an older one. You put it in the DVD, you know, play, you watch it on your TV. Is that the one where you put a bar in your door frame? No, that's not the one. Oh. And, uh, well, that's like P90X or something. Yeah, it's stuff like that. It's where you're doing sit-ups and squats and, you know, you're running around. You're looking like an idiot, sweating like crazy. So I think we're going to do that together. I just decided right now, I'm going to take up uh, competitive roller skating. <laughs> I'm going to buy all the Lycra and all the spandex I can. I'm going to buy exorbitantly expensive so roller just skates. Just take lots of pictures. Not, not, not rollerblading. My roller resolution skating. is that I have decided that in I'm going to try to redeem the morning hours when I'm showering and getting ready for work. Mm. So I'm going to... Uh, How are you going to redeem that? I'm job? going to read... The scriptures. So something I don't, I don't, I, I read the Bible a lot, but usually for work related stuff. I, I'm going to read the scriptures. It's the pastor's challenge. In the shower? No. I'm going to do it before the shower. Okay. So then I can think about it in the shower. And then when I'm done with my shower, I'm going to put my headphones in and I'm going to listen to some music that helps me to block out lots of other things. Like I, piano really does that to me. Uh, and I'm going to, as I walk around and get my breakfast and stuff like that, I'm going to actually uh, spend my time praying through the Lord's Prayer. Greg, you should like this because you preached about it. But so I'm every pray day? through the Lord's Prayer. Well, not just praying through, but praying, thinking through, okay, what does it mean that God's my Father and that He's in heaven? And I want His name to be hallowed, not mine. Uh, and His kingdom come. Because I get frustrated with the world and its situations mm-hmm. all the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. Come, Lord Jesus, and here. Come, Lord Jesus. And I want my leadership to show marks of your kingdom. And I want you know, like all these things. And then the give us your day, the, give us this day our daily bread. Like all the needs that I have, the thankfulness that I have for the Lord's provision mm-hmm. already. But the, the, all the needs that I have. I, so I, I'm trying to do this. It's not two days now. Nice. It's good. But the thing that's been helpful for me is, it's not, I'm not taking, so the challenge for me has been the idea of taking a half an hour away, right, from 
what I'm already doing is very difficult for someone in my, I'm 44 years old. I got kids running everywhere. Uh, I don't sleep enough as it is. And I work a lot. And so I'm trying to figure out, oh man. So I'm trying to work it in. Do you understand? I do. To things. What time do you wake up in the morning, Joe? Well, I, I tried it. Well, this depends on usually like six, six thirty, somewhere around there. So, and then I get, get going and get to work. So I'm trying to, Are you I'm recommending some of this to people. Uh, I think I think if we can work some of our resolutions into the already existing patterns of our life so that we're just retasking a little bit or adding something like, hey, man, there's this Bible app that I could listen to the ESV study Bible mm-hmm. or the ESV Bible read to me. Mm. Uh, uh, like I could do this. I could put one little headphone ear in while I'm driving my car to work in the morning. And I could in that time have listened to God's word being read to me, maybe on not just on the like one and a half speed for a chapter that morning and I could on my way walking into work, just be quickly praying through the Lord's. Do you understand what I mean? I'm not trying to be, it would be, wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us could spend an hour and a half every morning praying and serving the Lord. So that's awesome. If you can do that and you're committed to that, praise God. I, I just know the state of, of normal My wife would life. not be happy with me if I did that every morning. No, but my, she's trying to do get you know the what I mean? The, 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 state, the state of normal. <laughs> there are these moments, though. That's what I'm trying to say. There are these yeah. moments that we're already doing something that is monopolizing on shower, right? That yeah. is that is just me, yep. right? And driving in the car, just me, or for me, cycling to the work, just me. So if I can utilize those moments, especially in the morning hours, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. We want to thank you all for listening to the Extra Podcast. If you have questions, please send them to extra at northview.org. We have a whole list of them we're going to try to get. My New Year's resolution, guys, is that by the end of the year, the questions we have currently would be answered. And the ones that will be sent in soon, by 2018, they'll be done. That's my resolution. (laughs) So we'll see if it happens. 2018. so yeah, send your questions to extra at northview.org and uh, I'm going to get Andy to eat one extra. more of these jelly beans as we, North what did I say? Let's do it. I'm just going to put my hand in there. I'm just going to grab oh, one. Sorry. It's green. It's going in my mouth. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, oh, oh. That's maybe the worst one yet. I'm out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was that one? I don't know. <laughs> see you on church on the weekend. That's your line. Oh, sorry. See you at church on the weekend. <laughs>